You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy is yours from the triune God. Amen. Uh, One of my favorite memes usually surfaces about this time each year. It's one that has a picture of a two-piece bathing suit, and it says, how to get a bikini body. And then it says, step one, have a body. Step two, wear a bikini. (laughs) I never wore a two-piece bathing suit until just a few years ago. Because 18 years ago, I gained 70 pounds when I was pregnant, and subsequently my entire torso is quite covered in stretch marks, not just like one or two, like one or 200. Uh, And having a baby is something that happened in my life, and my body bears the marks of that. And because of this, I shamefully believed that my body was no longer worthy of swimming in a garment that came in pieces and not just one piece. You should know that I came by this honestly, And that as a 48-year-old woman, the pressure of society bears down on me in a very particular way. Uh, Our society offers me, kindly, uh, (laughs) countless opportunities to remove any evidence of having lived a full life. Namely, I'm constantly told what efforts I should be taking and what money I should be spending and what products and services I should be purchasing that will help me do the thing that is expected of me, namely doing everything in my power to ensure that my face and my hair and my body do not look as though I have lived every day of my life consecutively since my birth. (laughs) But I have literally lived every day of my life consecutively since my birth. Yet there is hair dye for my gray and lipo for my fat and Botox for the lines that have formed in my face and laser treatments for my stretch marks and silicone inserts to make it look like I did not nurse two babies. And no kidding, there's a very popular surgical procedure that promises to make my vagina look younger. I'd love to say that I don't see the appeal of such measures, but I do not all of them, you know, but just some of them. (laughs) Because bodies are disappointing. They age and sag and wrinkle, and and they bear the marks of what has happened to them, and they bear the marks of how long they've been on the earth. So I'm leaving my options open just in case I want to cover the gray at some point, but honestly... I've been spending a lot of time talking to many of you about messages you've received about your bodies and about uh, sex specifically. And I'm, I'm just in this place where I keep seeing how much shame about our bodies we carry around in our bodies and how much that shame steals the joy of living from us. How life is such an unbelievably beautiful and brief gift and how feelings of shame about our bodies and the marks those bodies carry from having lived keep us from whatever it is that swimming in a two-piece is a metaphor for. I thought about this all week when reading this story about Jesus and how he appeared to his disciples. I thought about how in the story we just heard, we see that Resurrection is not reversal. 
So when Jesus rose from the dead, he did not do so as a perfected version of his former self. I mean, he wasn't recognizable to his disciples because he suddenly had that magical beach body, the kind of body our society has deemed worthy of love. No, when Jesus rose from the dead, he was recognizable by his scars. Resurrection did not erase the marks of having lived his life or even having experienced his death. Jesus came and stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. And then he showed them his hands and his side, which means Jesus had no shame about his body. He did not try and hide the mark from the spear on his side. He didn't wear gloves to conceal his scars. He was like a middle-aged woman swimming in a two-piece. In the same way, Jesus also was not afraid of the human bodies he encountered when he was alive. In the same way, he never recoiled from disease or deformity. In the same way, he reached out his hand to touch lepers and corpses and blind men and those whose legs didn't work right. In his resurrection, he did not feel ashamed of the way his body was broken. He knew that he would be known by his scars. And isn't that true for us as well, really? We can only really be known, and we can only really know, when we show our scars. I mean, I never really feel a connection to someone until they've shared with me the lumpy, broken, petty parts of themselves. I only feel less alone when someone shares their failures with me, the parts of themselves that have been hurt. As Beyonce says, says show me your scars and I won't walk away. Scars are like the metabolized remains of our wounds. And as you know, they can be physical or emotional. If your mom died when you were young, you will always be someone whose mom died when they were young. There will always be a mark on you from that place that was hurt by that loss. I never will be someone who was not chronically sick as a child. Those scars never leave. It doesn't work like that. And everything that happens to us Everything that happens to us in our life happens to our bodies. Every act of love, every insult, every moment of pleasure, every interaction with other humans, every hateful thing we have said or which has been said to us happens to our bodies. Every kindness, every sorrow, every ounce of laughter. We carry all of it with us in some form or another. We are walking embodiments of our entire story, and the scars from that aren't optional, but the shame from that is. And as Christians, we have something to say about this, you know. I mean, bodies matter to us in a very particular way. We confess and believe that to create human beings, God breathed into dirt, we are created from dirt and the very breath of God. And we confess and believe that our bodies are created in the very image and likeness of God. Souls don't have an image. There's not a physical likeness of your spirit. There is something sacred about your human body. Maybe this is partly what Jesus meant when he said that what you do to and for the least of these, you do to and for him. Whatever happens to our human bodies happens also to the one in whose image they're created. 
But it actually gets crazier and more beautiful than that, these things that we Christians believe. We also believe that in the beginning was the Word, and that the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. My friend Sarah this week said that to have that human bodies are so spiritually rich, even God wanted to have one. And then we as Christians confess and believe that when we gather our own bodies together, like they are in this room, and then tell the story of the night Jesus' friends betrayed and abandoned him, and when we talk about how Jesus gave bread and wine to those friends, and when we lift up bread and wine, we believe that it becomes to us the body and blood of our despised, beaten, killed, and risen Savior. And we take the body and blood of Christ into our bodies as literal chunks of bread and actual wine, and we believe it's for forgiveness of sins, and that in doing this, we're united with each other and with God. And then we walk these glorious human bodies, these containers of holiness, out those doors and into the world to be the body of Christ. Being an Easter people, a people of resurrection, is not to be cleansed from all harm. It is not to have all the bad things that have happened to us erased. It is not to rewrite our past. It's not to forget what happened. The things that happened to Jesus' body happened to Jesus' body. And even when he defeated death and rose from the grave, he still wore the marks of that pain. But the pain was not what defined him. He reached from death and pain toward more life. That's resurrection. That's the point. These bodies of yours are yours. Every scar and bump, every glorious mark of age or smoothness of youth, and we get to keep it all. All our stories, all our scars, everything that's happened to us, but we also get to have freedom, meaning we don't have to be in bondage to it. Our scars are part of our story, but they're not the conclusion of our story. Because all of it leads to new life. Every mistake, every wound, every misstep, the past is yours and will always be a part of you, and yet it is not all there is. So I imagine Jesus standing among us and saying, peace be with you, and then showing us his hands and his side. And saying, show me your scars and I won't walk away. And then he says, welcome to resurrection. And then he wishes us all a very happy bikini season. Amen.